Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Backstage With, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes with your favourite actors and creatives in the world of musical theatre. Hello, I'm Mikey Worrell. Today we are going backstage with Carly Stenson, who's currently playing Georgia Hendricks on the UK tour of Curtains the Musical. Curtains is a show that premiered on Broadway in 2007, starring David Hyde Pierce, who played Niles in Frasier. It's a murder mystery, show within a show, whodunit kind of thing. It's great fun for theatre fans because it's full of little in-jokes and niche references. It was written by Kandra and Ebb, who wrote Cabaret in Chicago, and apparently can only work on projects that begin with a C. Without giving too much away, Carly plays one half of the composer-lyricist duo. You may have seen her before in Legally Blonde as Elle, as Princess Fiona in Shrek, in Spamalot, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and most recently as Fontaine in Les Mis. We had a chat about a month ago when the show was at the new Wimbledon Theatre, its first stop back on the UK tour after it had a short West End run over Christmas. Stick around after the interview because I have a couple of things to tell you, but for now let's go backstage with Carly Stenson. Thank you for coming on the Backstage With podcast. Thank you for having me. I've never been backstage at the New Wimbledon Theatre oh, before. Not? I've not been everywhere, to be fair. I came here with Dirty Rotten Scoundrels in 2015, and I thought that I'd remember my room, but I can't. And it's crazy how like little pockets of your brain Were just you in this one? disappear. I wasn't in. I don't think I was in this one. I think I was upstairs. I remember going upstairs, and then that's it. The memory disappears. It's gone. This is gone. So I don't know whether this was Noel Sullivan's room or Michael Prade's room. I'm not sure, but it wasn't mine. Do you know yeah. what? It, for a touring venue, it's it's pretty... I'm happy. Yeah. Do you know, it's so funny what you learn that you want. And it's oh, really? li- basically a window. I love a window. Like I message my girls and I'm like, I've got a window. And they're like, okay, Carl's like, calm down. It's a window. <laughs> but honestly, I'm very grateful I've got a window. This is what 10 years of Natural musical theatre has done to you. Honestly, if there's backstage dressing rooms rarely have windows like very rare fridge tick one room I had a fridge and a microwave I was in my element so I mean that's it and your own toilet happy days yeah I, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the basic needs what, what's the, where's the worst one you've ever been worst oh. dressing room you've ever had Oh gosh, there was one. Oh God, why can't I remember I feel I don't re- I really don't want to dob a theater in I think there was one there was no plugs no plugs I yeah mean, there was no plugs. you can't do anything in there. I think there was like one. But then it was like miles away from the mirror. And I was like, well, you know, and, the, and then nowadays everyone brings a charger. Yeah. You want to plug your kettle in, which just took us a bit longer to do the podcast because my kettle. Um, <laughs> but and you then, need somewhere to plug your hairdryer in your where hairdryer you can see a mirror. Anything, yeah, and things like that. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Oh, but no. other than that, it's all right. I was mean, it a we, really old one? Yeah, most of them are, to be fair. Yeah. We like just a lick of paint. We've had one. I don't like dobbing any theatres. No, that's fine. I know where this one was, but this one had flies everywhere because I think something must have died under the floorboards. But even on stage, there were just flies everywhere to the point where they should have bowed. Like there were, there were so many flies. But yeah, that was interesting. Oh, that's just, that <laughs> yeah. is disgusting. It's not glad, as long as the audience feel like they're in a glamorous setting and everything's lovely. I suppose it doesn't matter where we are as long as we put on a good show. But I must wow. admit, I am looking forward to like a new, brand new theatre if I go and I'm like, oh my gosh, look what they've done with the place. What was the Wyndham's like? 
Oh, the Wyndham's was lovely, actually. The Wyndham, even though I got the impression it was good, obviously it is an old theatre and I was thinking, gosh, what's this going to be like? And we're, there's so many of us crammed into theatre that doesn't normally naturally cater to that many people. But I shared a room with Rebecca Locke and our room was lovely and it looked like it'd just been done and it was dead pretty and like nice carpet, lovely walls and we put fairy lights up and yeah, it was nice. We had our own shower. And... How is sharing? Do you prefer to have your own space? or? Like... I really enjoyed sharing with Rebecca actually and I've shared with Leah and Emma as well in the past that was in Dartford. I do, I like to mix it up a bit because I'm a bit of a stickler. I have a bit of a routine and I think I... I was naughty to Rebecca. I slowed her down because we'd just be gossiping and chatting. Sure. So that was lovely. It was really nice. I really enjoyed getting in and having a good girly chinwag with her. But then I, I do tend to be late for beginners <laughs> if I've got the girls with me. She is probably like the best person in the world to share a dressing room with. She's though, amazing. Right? She's amazing. And like every, like she took the Christmas decks down because I was just, I'm, I'm a coward and I couldn't. So I came in and she's like, they're down. I was like, thank you. So yeah, she's um, <laughs> she's cool. She She's literally the yin to my yang in a sense that anything I'm kind of rubbish it doing she'll be like yep i'm on it and then everything she needs help with i've already done so it's good it worked out perfectly she's got proper lovely mum vibes as well she took a very very young yummy mummy no well but, yeah, um, yeah but you know no, what i mean, I mean. Yeah, I mean yeah. she couldn't possibly be mine but um you know she has she's uh she's nurturing and she's just very beautiful. maternal in nature yeah That's she what she's gorgeous no no but i know not in I, age. I know what you meant <laughs> but yeah she's she actually says herself on her instagram she's got lots of young girls that kind of feel that way towards her so um yeah she's got a nurturing endearing loving side which is amazing because she's not a day over 27 i'm not at all she's a baby (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about curtains yes it's a whodunit show within a show candor and musical have you ever wanted to murder a castmate in a show you've been in oh good quite you went straight for it there (laughs) (laughs) your Um, eyes are saying yes i know but murder is a strong murder is a strong action maybe name or seriously harm (laughs) (laughs) um push down the stairs maybe no um there's a few people who i probably won't go that far but just be like rattled me up the wrong way but it's funny because I don't know, maybe I hit a certain age and I kind of reflect on all those people now and just like laugh because I'm still here and I'm all right and doing well and I'm happy. So it's one of those things, isn't it? When you're in that moment, it's the worst thing ever. But five years down the line, you just like, God, I can't even remember what that was like. Exactly. Or their name or, you know, but it's, and I think that's a really good quote, actually, that if if something's bothering you and just look to the future, do you think you're still going to be thinking about it in five years time? And if not, get over it, you know, don't give it five more seconds. But yeah, I'd say there's a few that I've definitely done a, a big, me and my husband joke about the eye roll and I've definitely done a long, prolonged eye roll about someone along the line, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because <laughs> when your spouse or your other half is like the only person in the world you can share those feelings with, yeah. mine always tells me, he says, you know you can't hide how you feel on oh, your face. Can you not? And he'll be like, you, are you like that at work? And I'm like, oh God, I think I eye roll at people. <laughs> So I'm right with at least you. they know where they stand though oh maybe. yeah very, i have a very honest face <laughs> that's good that's good aside from the murder there's a lot of backstage drama in this mm. show have you ever been a show where there's been as much as there is in in this show murders aside obviously Do you know i'm always the last to know about things i'm so boring in that sense but then at first in my 20s when i was in shows and i was the last to know the gossip and the last to know who's snogging who i was like oh 
oh, I can't believe I'm last. But now I kind of take pride in it that I'm just not caught up in it all. Mm. I mean, I did 10 years in Hollyoaks. There was definitely more drama backstage than there was on, and that's saying something. I've been in shows where there's been hookups and there's been breakups. I'd like to say I was not included in all of that. So, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, but it's life and it makes it more interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. The way that this show looks... For a show within a show, it's it's beautiful. Yeah. I love that back wall of the set, even like the sounds that with the yeah. iron doors and all of yeah. that. It, it really is beautiful. It is very classy. Do you know, I'm so proud of the show in a sense that I found out who was in it first and the creatives first and said yes, then read it. So to be amongst those people, to be working with those people is just an honor anyway. I knew it was going to be good because of those people in it. It could not be because of that combination. So the designing team, the sound, everything, casting, choreography, direction, everybody. And it's almost like looking back now, being reflective, it's like, of course, it was going to do that well because of those people. But at the beginning, obviously, you have no idea, a brand new show, if people are going to find it funny, if people are going to get what we're trying to say or do, if people are going to like it. It could easily be Marmite. So when it started getting the recognition and the reviews and the feedback, it just feels like one big movie. Like, it feels like it's, uh, you know, getting transferred to the West End five weeks in a Cameron Macintosh theatre. It's just, it felt like we were in our own little movie. <laughs> so it's nice. Well, the reviews have been stellar across the board, yeah. which is rare. Like, a touring production to get that in London from national newspapers, yeah. it never happens. I know. So that must have been a, guys, we've got it good moment. It, absolutely. Again, like, from the creators and then and, and just getting that script and being like, no one's done this over here. Like, I know it's been in colleges and schools, but no one's done this professionally. Like, you're kind of like... Why? And I know it's a mammoth uh, task. It's a murder mystery. It's a romance. It's a big song and dance. It's MGM. It's got so many boxes that I know people will probably be like, oof, too much to take on. We're so grateful that we grabbed it first. So very grateful to DLAT for grabbing it and putting me on board. It's, it ticks so many boxes that there's no one who can come and watch it and not just get something out of it. Makes something you, for everyone. It does make you wonder how it was kept a secret for such a long time. I know. Because it obviously, Kandraneb broke Cabaret and yeah. Chicago. And this is like the secret third one that no one really knows also about. also begins with a C. Oh, maybe, maybe that was <laughs> but, their thing. Yeah. It's like naming all your children. The, I know, the same oh my God, I'm terrible. So, to be doing, to be bringing a Kandraneb musical to this audience for the first time in 2020, 2019, 2020 is like a gold dust. I'm like, I'm so, so grateful. And there's quite a lot of us, if not the majority of us, who've never done a Kandra Neb before. So for this to be the first one, and I've always said I wanted to originate over a role. And in the UK, I have now with this, I did it at the fringe with Taylor Show, but this, you know, okay, I was fortunate to bring this to the West End. So to have originated a role in the West End, which is just buzzing. Ooh. Well, I'll be there soon. They won't miss me. We're, <laughs> we're skyling warm up. <laughs> and actually, musically as well, it's it's not unknown because it's not good. The music is so good. Yeah. Like, The Woman's Dead. Yeah. Everyone says that, The Woman's Dead. I That's love funny. The Woman's Dead. I think yeah. it's my favourite number. Yeah, so many people comment on that one. I and just, I think it probably was the one that I learned last or I didn't focus on the most. And, and yeah, I, but I get it now. I do get but it. it's so but, perfectly staged. Oh, Alistair is just amazing. And Paul, like, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm buzzing. I'm still buzzing to be in this show and it's, yeah, the woman's dead. That away is amazing. I want to be able to sit and watch it 
but be in it. It's kind of hard. So <laughs> I would love to. The music's fantastic. Kanda wrote I Miss the Music after Ebb passed away. Oh. So like writing and literally the song is about writing without your writing partner. So it gets me every time. So yeah, it's it's a very special score. Well, speaking of Kanda and Ebb, you play half of the composer-lyricist yeah. duo. Is there someone you like to think Georgia might be based on? That's a good one because when I was creating her, I was trying to think. In a way, there's no one in particular, but I kind of, the more I delved into her character, the more I was like, okay, so she's 1950s. She's been a Broadway star. It's funny because on stage I stand next to Bambi sometimes and we've started to mirror each other a little bit in our actions. And at first I was a bit like, oh, okay, no, I need to do different. And then I thought, well, no, because Georgia was Bambi. 15 years ago, Bambi's now becoming Georgia and the lead and she will be a lead and she'll grow and she'll get up that ladder. And there are elements of Georgia can be a little bit of that kind of look you up and down and check who's your competition. It left her a little bit when she was a lyricist and when she got married, but now she is very much clawing that back and becoming that leading lady again. So um, she's a little bit of Bambi in there. She's been a little bit of Leah's character, Nikki, because she had started from the beginning. No, it's just listening to the context, the reading the text and just finding Georgia. And she wasn't really based on anyone in particular, but I definitely clung on to that era, the 1950s and the, her way, her stance and her the way she speaks and her intonation and, and the way she is with her husband. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it must be cool to be in a show that's about the industry you work in yeah. and play a creative rather than an actor. Yeah, I mean, I'll go from one to the other, but it's nice. And in a way, I can't help but be like, oh, she's a lyricist at the beginning. They're going to know she's got intelligence. <laughs> she's not just, you know, a kicking bird. Not that that wouldn't have intelligence either. But I was like, it's nice to play. I guess it's come, all coming from Legally Blonde, that, where I've got to, like, claim that she's got a brain as well from the get-go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it is. It's nice to kind of play a different, a different character in that sense. And I love that I get to do both. I get to be the brains and the performer in, in one show. There's so many musical theatre in-jokes in this show. Do you yes. have a favourite moment or line? Oh, do I have a favourite moment or line? Oh my gosh, there's so many in-jokes. Do you know what was lovely? Paul Foster, our director. Because obviously, especially in an 11-week show and at times when everyone's tired and busy and, yeah, mentally tired, he said to us one day, there's a line in... I'm terrible, I can never remember the song titles. Show... Uh, show business show people show wow. people yeah show people i should know my own songs and it's basically when we're all dancing with the canes and it's just basically the show must go on and we keep singing the lyrics so thrilling we'll show people so willing we'll show people and he, we're kind of repeating ourselves a little bit but he just said to us just think of all those dance lessons that your parents or your grandparents took you to or when you were little and you were practicing in the mirror or you had the hairbrush or when you're practicing your demi plies over and over again just think back of that kid and think that when you're singing those lines and we all just were like grinning from ear to ear because we all made that journey and we all did it and I had my grandma and granddad who ran me to all my dance lessons and my mum who worked two jobs just to make sure I could so it was yeah it was really special and that song really does remind you literally when we're stood on that stage and we're feeling tired we are singing about carrying on and loving what we do and we all do we it brings us back to it in that, in that moment We've talked about the wonderful Becky Locke. Yeah. But from from what I've seen on social media and, and everything, it feels like the whole cast is really bonded. Yeah. Is that how you feel the experience has been? Oh, God, yeah. I think because it's such a massive ensemble track as well. Like, we've all got individual characters. We all have our own costumes. Like, when 
Pamela comes on, she isn't taking over who swings. She doesn't come over and step into someone's shoes, literally. She's her own character. So everyone's their own part and we all get a line to say in a song, uh, a line in a song to sing. So it is very ensemble-led. And yeah, we do, we do make sure we do. And especially we'll get back to that now we're on tour again because obviously in London, everyone kind of just went home and we were shattered. It's definitely a, a night in the pub when we first open and then checking where everybody is the next day. Yeah, it's lovely. I do, ooh. Hello. Hi. Hey, babe. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry, darling. Sorry. I'm She's alive. I'm alive. <laughs> Bless him. He did see me come in. He must have thought I'd fallen over in the shower. So, yeah, we do. We do try. I think it's important everyone gets on. You can read that on stage then. Yeah, definitely. The thing I really like about this show is it's not just a show about ingenues and it's got lots of, I mean, the main characters are all proper grown-ups yeah. and a bit more, you know, a bit more lived in yes. and a bit more worldly. Yeah. Are there any shows or any parts that you wish were cast with slightly older people for male and female actors? Oh, I've never thought of that before. It's funny because I, I suppose this is the first cast I felt like genuinely, I, I do get, we all get on with everyone, but there is definitely, um, I do feel older compared to the ensemble. So I'll, I'll hear them having a chin wag about stuff and I'm like, I haven't a clue what they're talking about, but I'm just going to like nod and smile. And then me and Rebecca <laughs> and Jason and Ray will be like, oh, the kids nowadays. So um, I'm definitely feeling that. Gosh, part wise, I, I'm, I'm probably at that weird age as well where I'm too old for some young characters and I'm too young for some older characters. So I'm right in that in between at being 37. But don't you think that whole preconception is, is a little bit, wrong and weird the fact that we go and see all these shows where all these characters are being played by people in their 20s yeah and i'd love to see six for instance were played by women, women. in their 30s 40s yes. and 50s I that's a good idea amazing. or like mary poppins surely that's i mean she obviously can't be like 70 but that's yeah, gotta be like an ageless absolutely role. i'm trying to think of like any yeah where it's not specific because I know that I've when I when I first came into this industry I always wanted to audition for Wicked and and then you've got that's what's quite hard with Glinda and Alphabet that you've got to play the going to college and older so and now I can think am I too old for that I don't definitely know. not I don't yeah I don't know so it's a, it's a bit the oldest tricky isn't it Alphabet and or Glinda has definitely hit there's definitely been someone in their like the early 40s maybe who's done yeah. it so so they're open to that aren't they I don't know touch wood We'll see, but I don't know. Gosh, I'm trying to think of any shows now that that are, that, that are non-specific. Yeah, I guess Mary Poppins could be six. Could be amazing. Can you imagine having six? I mean, the women who are doing it at the moment are fantastic. But six powerhouse yeah, kind yeah. of West End Wendy's that have been around and and have lived. Yeah, people like Maz Murray, Diane Pilkington, yeah, Laura Michelle Kelly. People who have not necessarily those that you've mentioned as well, but oh, people oh, who I have, who have gone through relation, relationships and gone through divorces and have wanted to behead their own husband. Do you know what I mean? Totally, <laughs> like, totally. I feel like that would yes, add another layer. That would add something more to it. Absolutely. Right? My God. I've not seen six yet. I really want to. That would be so interesting. That's a good shout, that. But I, I, think. I just feel like in general, casting is stuck in a weird place where yeah. if, you, if you're not in your 20s. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, I've been to many an audition where I wish I still was in my 20s when they've asked for, like, a tap solo or something. And I've been surrounded by everyone who's still in their 20s. So um, that's been interesting. But I'll have a good think about that, actually. Let's talk about Legally Blonde. Yeah. That was your first foray into musical theatre in the West End yeah, in, in yeah, your trajectory yeah. of, of the last 10 years. Mm. 
Looking back on it, you started as Margot, but very soon after you were thrust into the spotlight as yes. Elle. Was that not incredibly hard to go on and play such a massive part eight times a week so um, early in your musical theatre career? Well, I felt like I'd built up the stamina with Margot and I went into Legally Blonde very naively um, in a sense that I'd done technically done a lead for 10 years with Hollyoaks, if you know what I mean. I, I was used to the spotlight. Sure. I was used to having the scenes and the storylines and the focus on me. So I kind of, and I'd always been singing, singing and dancing in my own time and doing shows and any theatre that would have me and I'd get up and sing. So I felt like that had been a natural progression and I was naive to be like, oh yeah, now I'm doing this. Cool, of course I am. And I think I had a massive lesson to learn that I still had a lot to learn and I still had to be open-minded and I still had to work a lot harder than what I probably primarily thought I had to. And so in the seven months that I was Margot, I had an, an emotional roller coaster, and I learned that I'm definitely a fighter rather than a runawayer. <laughs> I don't flee. I kind of grabbed onto it both hands and I just, I was like, right, instead of going, oh my gosh, uh, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I'm going to run away. I kind of came back guns blazing. So, and I think that's what the directors, Dom and Jerry saw in me. And that's how I ended up going further up the ladder than I actually knew I was going to. I just wanted to be Margot, stay Margot, be first cover L, which was my first original job. And I worked hard for that. And I think they saw something else in me. And that's how I ended up being L. What's your favourite <clears> memory <throat> of playing L? Oh... That musical is just a dream. Oh, my favourite memory. Oh, I guess what gives me shivers thinking about it is the last ever show of Legally Blonde and my last ever L. And obviously she comes up out of the floor facing the back. And and I remember Dom Shaw, our resident director, saying when Sheridan left, actually, she got a massive round of applause. And obviously he said to me in the wing she should wait here now, wait for that to die down and then turn around and go for it. Like, and I remember thinking, oh yeah, that's really poignant. Like, don't rush in, don't rush over them. Let them, mm. let them clap kind of thing. Because I think as a humble kind of nation, we're very much like, oh, no, you know, don't make it about me. And they butt in. And I just remember not thinking that that was going to happen for me because I'm not Sheridan Smith. But I, when I came up and it was the whole L, it was the end of Legally Blonde. Everyone was in the audience, knew what was going on. So when I came up, they started clapping and cheering and it held for like a good 30 seconds to like maybe a bit more. And I just took my breath and I just didn't turn around until they'd stopped. And it was nice. And I just felt that. And it, that was lovely. And I didn't rush over it because I remember Dom saying that 18 months previous, don't rush it, enjoy it, take it in, let them. So uh, that was nice. Is that one of those memories where you can literally just see what you could see in that moment? In your I head? think I closed my eyes, yeah, because I was facing the back. I think I just took it in. I think it was more of the feeling. Like just, yeah, it's quite overwhelming thinking about it, actually. And walking down and bowing, knowing where my friends were sat and my family was sat. Yeah, that's, yeah, special. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> Going back to the very start when you first took over as Elle. Yeah. The first time you did so much better. Uh. Nemesis. Yeah. Ne Why was that your nemesis? <laughs> oh, because we had to sing that in the audition. And obviously I hadn't built my stamina up for the auditions. I hadn't ever known that you had to sing in twang and an American and I'd not mastered the song. And in the audition, I made a joke of it, which <laughs> I probably shouldn't have done. Um, was <laughs> like at the end of it, I just kind of bent over and went, oh, well, 
oh, I'm knackered now or <laughs> whatever like that because I just, I'm so stupid and say things that I shouldn't. And I remember Jerry laughing and then I think the feedback was, yes, yeah, she has to build her stamina up. I was like, no, oh, I shouldn't have said that. But it's true. So the end of that, it, it was always still, I was always still just a little bit nervous about that because if the nerves are on top of you or if you haven't got your breathing right or if you haven't built up the stamina, and that one can get the better of you. So it's super um, high. It is. It's a, it's a mammoth of a song, that one. And it goes on and on and on. I, I do remember the feeling of when I really felt like I nailed it and was like, it's in me now. And I really did punch that ceiling <laughs> in, that, in that last jump. It's one of those songs though, isn't it? That when you put it on or when you're doing it, you oh. must be like... I feel like I'm conquering the world. Absolutely. It di- it genuinely did feel like that. I remember it once and I, I do apologise to the girls being on the bridge above me because they, they were above on a bridge, weren't they? And they spell out L words. I remember the the one time I like, one of the first times I really felt like I nailed it. The lights went off and I just whacked the bridge out of excitement and they all were like, what? Because I made it wobble. I was like, I'm so sorry. Turbulence. I was like, yes! <laughs> but yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Did anything ever go dramatically wrong in that show? Because I don't know if you've seen, there's a video of when they tried out the show in San Francisco and Laura Bell Bundy is doing so much better. And you know, on the the line about, see, I've not begun to fight and she yeah. kicks and oh, her shoe, shoe flies up oh, into the I've audience. Heard about this. Bless her, but she carries on though like a trooper, yeah, she doesn't pulls she? The other one off. The other one off. Then... Yeah, I was going to say, all, pull all, that other one off. All she misses is the um, oh and hello. That's she's she fierce. Missed. I love her. I nearly swear at how much I loved her then. She's fierce. Oh, I, I've had wardrobe malfunction and it's funny because Jerry Mitchell came in to watch curtains at the Wyndham's and my costume ripped and my foot had got stuck in the back of it in the middle of one of the dances whilst I was on a bar. So actually this sounds really, yes. I mean, that's not the scene that you want that to happen. Not at all. Not especially when Jerry's in. But it's funny because I said to him afterwards, I said, the first time you watch me as Elle, my dress wouldn't zip up. I was like, you're too, Jerry. (laughs) So yeah, I've had costume malfunction. I remember Lee Mead trying to zip it up. And I was like, it's all right, babe, it's broke. It's all right. Like that, trying to whisper to him and so much better. And I just remember thinking, I'm just going to go for it. I'm not going to not turn around. I'm not going to not spin. Like, I'm just, who cares? The dress is whatever. She's in her element. So I just went for it. And I remember Jerry saying, I'm so glad you just carried on. I mean, because my bra was out. Everything was out at the back. <laughs> but I was like, let's just do it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, the the bar here, The sometimes that wobbles and the boys have to hold it for me. And so I'm a bit more nervous doing the dance on top of it. Because you're in quite a precarious position. Yeah, I mean, she's jumping around on there and it's a small bar anyway. So now I've got used to the fear of falling off mm-hmm. um, when it wobbles. And I can see our wonderful Matt in the wing looking at me going, just calm down with the dancing. I'm like, oh, God. So and the boys are like holding on to it for dear life. There's a theme here, though. When you get overexcited, things wobble. Yes. A, maybe I should just calm down. <laughs> well, yeah. no, because I love that. I love that there's such an energy in you that you... Uh... I do try. Thank you. It's the Baraka. <laughs> The last time I had a chat with you in your dressing room mm-hmm. was the day that it got announced that you were going into Shrek. Ah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aww. And I, I did come to see you in that. And did you close that show? I, babe, I've closed every show. <laughs> Even Les Mis. So, yeah, it's oh, yeah. worrying. Worryingly so. That was a Drury, Drury Lane, though. Beautiful theatre. Yeah. Oh, my God. Is that my favourite theatre you've ever worked in? Do you know, as for theatres, yeah. My room was lovely. I had a microwave and I had a fridge and I had a window. Um, It ticked so many boxes. It was lovely. So theatre wise, I'd say that was my favourite theatre. Yeah. And looking up and seeing all those levels and getting used to the size of stage. Like I remember going there for the Olivier's with Legally Blonde 
and looking over to the other side of the wing and being like, I can't even see those people in that wing. Like this is, this theater is massive. And then I got used to it with being there every day in Shrek, but taking people on the tour around Drury Lane, I loved it as well. Like learning the history of the place and taking my nieces and nephews to see the dragon backstage and like that theatre is special. Yeah, it's beautiful. I can't wait to see it when it's done up. I know, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Especially with Frozen in there. Oh it's my gosh, it's going to be gorgeous. Incredible. Yeah. What was playing Princess Fiona like? Oh, everyone wants to play princess. I'm a Disney character or a DreamWorks character, should I say. And they kept telling me off for saying that. But I, well, a tiara. I was, I was literally my childhood dream. But I loved that I got to play someone with the feist as well and and I gotta give credit where credit's due to my husband for this because when we were line running he was like I can't remember what line it is now but um I was just kind of getting progressively angry doing it because it was a scene where she was getting angry and he was like babe growl and I was like what and he was like growl on that line like she's a monster she's a beast like growl and I was like okay so I remember doing it in the audition and they laughed and I kept it in so I was like well yeah she's a princess but she's also a monster to a degree so um have a bit of both and we're all just a bit of both or something aren't we so yeah it was nice to to kind of have not just be that princess but to be a proper character yeah stop me if you're not allowed to talk about this oh but i remember there was a weird casting announcement a couple of years ago that you were doing sleeps in seattle oh, yeah. with danny yeah and then it never happened i know are you allowed to tell us what happened i believe there was difficulties with funding i'm not sure on the legalities on that something must have gone on danny and i were both absolutely gutted when it got announced and i was actually shopping for the wedding at the time so i quickly put things back but uh yeah we were gutted and i do wish them all the best of luck and i know that there's been life for it afterwards which is great because it really should be done because it was beautiful and we loved the script absolutely loved the script but it kind of worked out for us both because danny got to do on the town at regent's park and I got to do Les Mis, so, and I was actually going to be miss, missing my own Hindu if I did Sleepless, so all the girls were going to go to Spain without me. <laughs> so, Hindu in your honour. Yeah, literally, yeah, Hindu in my honour. So, wow. um, luckily, I got to go on my own. It Hindu. all worked out. It worked and out, and it in might the end. come around again. It might do. I mean, there's a role that I might be too old to play when it eventually comes oh, around, but um, that that could be one that, yeah, that would be nice. But yeah, Kimberly's done it recently. Michael Xavier, Kimberly watched Michael Xavier. I was gutted I didn't get to see them. So, yeah, I'm, I know that they would have done it beautifully. Do you like those whole Nora Ephron, Meg Ryan films? I mean, I oh well. Well, Sleepless is my favourite. Okay. Yeah, because you've got you've got male and, and oh, um, um, Harry Met Sally. Harry Met Sally. I watched that the other day. Oh my god, I would love to do that. Absolutely. That that, that could That'd be a musical. Be, that could be a musical, even if it's not the Harry and Sally that's singing. But it's kind of like people. You know what I mean? Like have some music in them. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I would love to do that. Um, Let's and write I it. loved um, the Nicholas Cage and Meg Ryan one. Uh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's a, it's an old one. Oh. That's going to bug me. You might have to drop this in later when we remember what it's called. We can Google it. Yeah, we'll after. Google it. We'll Google it after. Yeah, that one's beautiful. If you're listening to this now, now we know what it is. <laughs> Les Mis, just yep. finally, you stayed with that show for a couple of years. Two years longer than yeah. you've done most other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Was it just too hard to go? Well, I mean, yeah, it's the, it's the mammoth of all musicals, isn't it? When I got that call, my voice is going. When I got that call, I, to me, I was like, okay wow still hard to believe that I I really landed in musical theatre but it was a little bit step closer to accepting that and that I was being accepted in musical theatre but when I got asked to stay on that to me was the big wow okay I did something I still did something right they didn't 
changed their mind after seeing me or they didn't regret their choice. So, so it was almost more flattering to be asked to stay on and do the second year. And it, yeah, it's lame is. It's, how can you not? Like, it was just beautiful. And I hadn't felt like I'd done enough with it after the first year. So I, yeah, I, I did. I wanted to do a second and we'd just got married and, and the security and the stability was really lovely as well. And we got to live together that year. And so, yeah, and I made some lifelong friends in it and it was a wonderful, that was a beautiful company of people. It was the proper family because everyone who'd been there had been in that building for so long. That was special. But I, I must admit, I think now with my age and my mentality, I think short contracts are the way forward for me. <laughs> two years after the two years, I was like, oh, OK, comedy. Yes. So, um, yeah, yeah it's yeah. nice to get my teeth into some laughter again. <laughs> how, how did it feel to close that show? Because it's not oh. it's not a Shrek. I mean, as much yeah. as we love Legally Blonde and Shrek, it's not it's not one of those. It, it's lame is. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of... How, how did you find out that it was going to close and be replaced by the new version? Yeah, it's kind. it was kind of... I don't know how they like to word it because I know that they don't want to say that Les Mis closed effectively and it didn't. It moved next door for the concert version and it moved straight back. So Les Mis has constantly been going and in between those gaps, the tour was on. So I, I do understand, but I know that that version of the show finished. When we got told, we all got told on stage together, there was definite tears and and there was me going oh not another one <laughs> um so yeah um at least jerry mitchell didn't come or t- oh my god you know i just oh i i have to laugh about it i genuinely have to laugh about it but um in a way we all turned it on its head and found that it was such an honor to be the last cast i would be the last fontine to have played that version of that show with the revolve i'm very grateful actually um i'm very grateful yeah it'll go down in history in a way and um so i am really grateful i feel like there should be a plaque or something with all like the individual names of everyone who's played every single part yeah and then you get to be right yeah i'd be the very bottom no one can write it after me yeah 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 yeah. that's quite special yeah it is were you surprised that it happened there'd been rumors so it wasn't an absolute shock in any of the shows that i've ever done that one you don't think will ever need to close because it's sold out every night and the stand innovations every night. I think there was one in two years where people didn't stand up, like the, as in the whole room didn't stand up. But hey, he's the big boss. He know he genuinely knows best. That's why he's Cameron McIntosh. But of all the shows, I wouldn't have thought that would have ever needed to change. But he he knows what's best for it, and I have every faith that it will just keep getting stronger. Did you did you come into contact much with Cameron? In my auditions, and he's been in and out and watched the shows, and I believe he's watched this one, but um, he's he's clever. We never quite know when he's in. So it's quite nice, because I think you get a bit nervous when oh, your boss be. is in. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he. I feel like he's one of those people where if you encounter him, I, I would certainly trip up all over my words oh my gosh yeah absolutely but he's when i met him in auditions he's he's dead lovely and approachable and friendly and warm and inviting so it you kind of go yes of course he's a human so um yeah but i think i'd be staring going he's amazing he's amazing like look at what he's done and like he treats people well as well so it's like thank you yeah he's amazing I've, I've come to the end of my questions, yeah. but it's just been so lovely to chat to you. Thank you, and you? I just can't wait to see what show you go and close next. I know. <laughs> God, I'm kidding, it. I'm kidding. No, it is so true. Well, it'll be probably with this one. So, uh, yeah, in April. But yeah, maybe, maybe I'll just, I've got to flip it on its head and enjoy that I'm the closer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, own it, own it. I'm totally owning it. I mean, even Les Mis wasn't safe. <laughs> 
know. I made a joke about that on the first day as well. Like when you go around the circle and say a little bit about yourself, I was like, yeah, I'm Carly. I close every show, but don't worry. This is Les Mis. And they all came over to me afterwards and were like, cheers for that, Carls. Oh, no. Yeah. It's oh, weird. <laughs> just, just quickly, and any any plans beyond April? Any anything in the pipeline? Uh, a holiday. That you can say a holiday. Not nothing professional for me. Yeah, just we've booked in a few holidays, and yeah, I'm looking forward to that because we it took us 18 months to go on our honeymoon, and it's and it's been eight, it would have been 18 months again that we'd had a holiday together. So yeah, we're looking forward to that. Well, enjoy that because you deserve you. it. Thank you. Enjoy your last few months on the road. I know, three months. Yeah, yeah. Thank it's you. Fly by. It will. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. You have until the 11th of April to see Curtains the Musical on tour. And if you live in the vicinity of any of the following places, Northampton, Blackpool, Glasgow, Leicester, High Wycombe, Wolverhampton or Southampton, then you really have no excuse because it's basically going to be performed on your doorstep. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, then please do subscribe. And that means you won't miss our bonus episode that's coming out later this week with Rachel Tucker. If you're feeling generous, please leave us a rating and a review wherever you're listening to this because it really helps get more people to listen. You may remember our last episode with Sarah Bareilles and Gavin Creel was also a YouTube video. Well, since then, we've put even more stuff on our new channel and there is plenty more to come, including a chat I had with Miriam T. Klee from And Juliet and some more exciting guests that I'm not allowed to tell you about just yet, but they are on their way. Don't forget you can get in touch and follow the podcast on social media, Instagram and Facebook, it's Backstage With, and Twitter, it's Backstage underscore With. As always, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show.